Welcome to Project Lakut Sikhis. We're going to be learning today the Sikha base of Parshas Hazino on page 148 in Chelik Yudalat. This Sikha is about Birchas Atayra, and one of the main things that ever discusses is the Birchas Atayra as it relates to women, and also in general. And there's other things that come into the Sikha. The subject of Hesachadas and Tzulin is a big subject in the Sikha. And the sum of the Sikha is sort of a hashlama to a Sikha that we learned before in Parshas Vashchanam, also about Birchas HaTayra. Isi B'Gemara Minayin L'Birchas HaTayra L'Fanam in HaTayra How do I know that before one learns Tayra, he has to make a Birchas HaTayra? Shenemar, it says in this week's Parsha, Tishem Hashem Ekra Hovu Goydel Lalikeinu you call Hashem's name, which refers to learning Teira. So you have to express Hashem's greatness by making a bracha. So this is the source of Birchas HaTeira. The fact that the Gemara brings a separate and special source for Birchas HaTeira. Seemingly, learning Teira is a mitzvah, just like any other mitzvah. And it should be included in the general takon of Chazal to make a bracha on mitzvahs. Mashma, the birchas ha-teire zu shaynami birchas ha-mitzvahs. This birchas ha-teire we're talking about here, which is the birchas ha-teire of Asher B'chabonim Kolaamim V'nosan Lano V'steirosoi, is different than all birchas ha-mitzvahs. What's the difference? Shleimar, da'achilaku, the difference is the birchas ha-mitzvahs, hi hoidol ha-kadosh baruchu, ala shem ha-kadosh yisona b'mitzvah all Birchas HaMitzvahs, what is the bracha on? The bracha is to thank the Eibishter for sanctifying us, for sanctifying us with fulfilling these mitzvahs. The Eibishter gave us this obligation, and with this he sanctified us, and the mitzvah has a tremendous impact on the person that fulfills the mitzvah. So the bracha is not that the very act of the mitzvah itself necessitates a bracha. The act itself doesn't require a bracha. We're, we're thanking the Eibishter for the kedusha that the mitzvah brings the person, the chiv that we have to do this mitzvah, that's all berchas mitzvahs. V'ilu berchas ha-teire hi brochal etzem limud ha-teire. The bracha of berchas ha-teire, the very act of learning teire, requires a bracha. Regardless of whether you're fulfilling something with this learning, you're not fulfilling, whether you have an obligation, whether you don't, the very act of learning teire necessitates a bracha. Besides the fact that learning also is a fulfillment of a mitzvah, and because of that, you need a bracha for the mitzvah aspect of your learning. As the Rebbe brings there in the Ha'ara, there is the bracha shekechana b'mitzvah tzivano al divrei teira. But here we're discussing the bracha v'ashabacha b'anim yikolaamim. That's a different bracha and a unique bracha only for, for limud teira. The very exercise of learning teira requires a bracha for this learning. It's a different nusach. There's a different lashon in the bracha. It's not a shekechana b'mitzvah itself. Thanking the Eibishter for sanctifying us through a mitzvah, giving us the opportunity to fulfill a mitzvah. It's a shabacham b'anu v'kolamim v'nosan l'anu v'teirasai. If I learn teira, the very learning itself requires to make a bracha to thank the Eibishter for giving me this teira. That's the special chiddush that we learn out over here. Shem Hashem Ekra. You're learning Teira, you're calling Hashem's name, you're reading Hashem's name in the learning of Teira, which is in all of Teira. That itself requires that you make a bracha. So too, it's Mashmah utensil of pleasure. Special utensil, which is the Teire. The Eibishter would have pleasure with this every day. And this is what the Eibishter gave us. Chashuva be'enov. It should be very important in your eyes. Make a bracha on it with a tremendous joy. More than any other pleasures of the world. So what do you see here? What's the bracha that you're making here? Huh? You're making a bracha on a fulfillment of something, and a fulfillment of a mitzvah or of a certain Kedusha, that you're thanking the Eibishter for giving us a, a, a Kedusha through the Teireh. It's not what the Alter Rebbe says. The Mizem Mashma, 
It's mashma from what the Rebbe is saying here. Shahabrachi al etzem inyan atayre shenasam lano akadish baruchu. Al derech birchasan anen. The bracha of birchasat tayre is the very tayre that we have, that the Ebishti gives us to learn. Regardless of whether the learning is a mitzvah, not a mitzvah, the very act of learning tayre, that the Ebishti gave us this tayre to learn, requires a bracha. When you come to learn tayre, it requires a bracha to thank the Ebishti for the great simcha of the fact that the Ebishti gave us and that we received this tayre. And the Rebbe says this is similar to Birchus Hananen. Birchus Hananen, you're making a bracha on the hanah of the food. Similar here, you're making a bracha on the very limited tayre itself. The limited tayre requires a bracha. The Rebbe says it's al derech Birchus Hananen. In the Ha'ara here, there's a big arichis why it's not exactly like Birchus It's not exactly like Birchus Hananen. It's only al derech Birchus Hananen. It's different. Over there, it's for the actual Hanah. And some say that it's the same with learning. When a person learns and understands and digests the words of Teda and comprehends the words of Teda, there's a Hanah in that. And that's the Bracha. But that's not what the Rebbe means here. Here, it's the, the learning of Teda. We thank the Ebishter for giving us this Teda and for the fact that we received this Teda that he gave us. That's what the Bracha is on. And that's the very act of learning Teda requires this Bracha to thank the Ebishter for giving us this Teda. Unlike all other mitzvahs. It's a unique, special bracha that we learn out from another Pasuk. So now, the Rebbe brings here what it says regarding women and learning Teireh. Women also make a Berchus Why? Because they also have to learn Teireh to know their mitzvahs that they're obligated in. And to know how to fulfill them. To know how to be careful in, regarding the laissesses, which they're obligated just like men. So this is the reason why they make a birchus So the Rebbe has a question here. But based on what we just said, the birchus is not because of the mitzvah that is an obligation that David gave us to do a mitzvah in order to sanctify us. That's not what it's about. Rather, the very Indian of learning Teda. When a person learns Teda, that itself requires a bracha, whether it's a mitzvah or not. The Teda is so precious and so great, and it's such a gift that the very learning of the Teda itself requires a bracha. Even if women are not obligated to learn Teda, because they have to not fulfill their mitzvahs, they still should be obligated to make the bracha of Birch HaTayra. What it brings in the Gemara, the Pasuk, that you will learn words of Tayra, that itself necessitates a bracha, whether it's a mitzvah, whether it's not, whether you have to have the knowledge to know that you're going to be able to fulfill mitzvahs through what you're learning here. None of that matters. The very act of learning a Tayra itself Necessitates a bracha. So why isn't that enough of a reason for women to be chayv in Birchus Why is the Alter Rebbe bringing the reason that they're required to learn Teireh because of their mitzvahs? Yuvan Bahaktim Koshya. So we'll answer this by first bringing up another question. And here the Rebbe is going to get into a lengthy discussion regarding the subject of Hesachadas regarding the bracha of Limudat Teireh, Hesachadas regarding Tfilin different aspects of Hesachadas regarding Tefillin. And then the Rebbe later on will come back and explain regarding women why the Alter Rebbe brings this reason. So let's see. Now seemingly there shouldn't be a set time when we make the Birch every morning. Every time a person comes and is accessing this gift and he's putting it to use, he's learning this Teda that Ebishter gave him, so he should have to make a Birchus HaTeda then. The act of Lumad HaTeda is Machai of a person to thank Hashem for this gift that we received from the Ebishter. So why don't we make a Bracha every time we go and learn Teda? Or perhaps there would be a Svara to say differently. Based on what we explained, that the Bracha of Birchus HaTeda is not thanking the Ebrister for the opportunity to fulfill my chiyuv, the, the sanctity that I'm gaining through the mitzvah, but we're thanking the Ebrister for this great gift that he gave us. 
Dai So maybe it would be enough a person makes this bracha once in his lifetime. Once in his lifetime, he thanks Devisha for this gift, the great simcha that we have of this gift that Devisha gave us. Or maybe once a year you should make this bracha. Whatever brings that you find by the mitzvah of the zacher malik, that the memory of that zacher is from one year to the next. So maybe we can apply a similar concept to Limudatera, that the bracha for one year lasts for the entire year, and then the next year you make a new bracha. That you make a bracha once in the morning before you learn. And this bracha is for the, all, the, all the learning the entire day. With whatever interruptions a person makes during the day, that one bracha in the beginning of the day goes on any time he learns Taylor the rest of the day, regardless of any interruptions. So what's the pshat in this? So the Alter Rebbe explains according to one opinion as follows. So we're talking about a person that's accustomed to learning Teda. And even when he goes out to his Parnasa, he does what he has to do as quickly as possible in order to go back to learn. So the fact that he's going out to work is not an interruption. When he's working, in his mind, he's planning and thinking that he wants to go back to learn Torah. So that's not an interruption. So the bracha that he made in the morning when he learned will go on the learning that he does later after he's finished with his business. The same also applies to a person that goes into a bathhas. He doesn't take his mind off of the fact that he's going to return to learning afterwards. Same is true even if a person goes to sleep. A temporary sleep. It's not considered to be a hefsik because he's planning on coming back to learn. If a person sleeps a permanent sleep, a longer sleep, that is considered to be a hefsik. That's one opinion. The Alter Rebbe does bring a second opinion as well. The way Chazal established this bracha is that it's only said once a day. Like all the birchas ha which were put in the beginning of the day. This is a bracha Chazal established in the morning, regardless of what happens throughout the day. Any interruptions, including according to this opinion, if a person sleeps a shina skva, interruptions don't matter. The whole takana of this bracha was like Birchas Hashachah, which is just said in the morning, never again during the day. And v'chein nogu, that's the minig b'payol, that we never make the bracha again, regardless of what kind of interruptions the person makes later in the day. This second opinion that Rabbi here is bringing very bekitzer, and it will be discussed in the last ice of the Sikha. But for now, the Rabbi is going to discuss the first opinion that al Rebbe explains there, that the person has it in his mind to return to learning, so therefore even if he goes into a merchatz or a beisakise, it doesn't matter. It's not considered to be a hefzik in his learning, and therefore he can um, continue learning afterwards and without a new bracha. So the Rebbe asks a question, So regarding tefillin, the al Rebbe tells us, also, similar Allah, you make one bracha when you put on tefillin, now, if a person had to remove his tefillin, he had to use the bathroom, or he went into a merchatz, what happens now? Does he have to make a new bracha on his tefillin? So what does Alter Rebbe say? And he had in mind that, that he's going to put it back on. He took off your tefillin for whatever reason, and you had in mind that you're going to put it on again immediately, and you put it on again. You don't have to make any new bracha. But if you needed to use the bathroom in between, at that time, he's not allowed to wear his tefillin. The fact that the person is planning to come back and put his tefillin back on, that das, that intention, is not effective at all. And when the person comes out of the bathroom, now he has to put on the tefillin and make a new bracha. He was in a place where he wasn't allowed to put on tefillin. So his das doesn't matter. 
That's the halacha by tefillin. So now the question is, So what's the difference from birchas ha-teira? Shaposakan, the merchatz, ubeisakisei loyave hapsik vesachadas. Regarding birchas ha-teira, the fact that a person interrupted his learning and went into a merchatz or a beisakisei, that's not an interruption. Whereas now the Rebbe brings, whereas when it comes to uh, tefillin, going into a merchatz or beisakisei is a hapsik. So what's the difference here between teira and tefillin? So the Rebbe brings here again the second opinion. It's, they, they hold that even if a person sleeps a permanent sleep, you still don't have to make a bracha again. It's not because they hold that that is not considered to be a hefzik. A permanent sleep is definitely considered to be a hefzik. According to the second opinion, an interruption doesn't even matter. was established like in the morning, one bracha for the whole day, regardless of whatever hefzik does take place. So that's a different opinion. We're not discussing that right now. So our question over here is, what's the difference between the concept of Hesach the way it is by Birchus that even if you go into a bathroom, into a Beisakisei, to a Merchatz, where you can't learn Teireh, it's not considered to be a Hefzik. And when it comes to Tefillin, it is. Now we can't say that by Tefillin, the reason why it's a Hefzik, because if you go into a place, Asa Tzrochov, so over there, the Tefillin is not allowed to be on you. So over there, that's a Hefzik, when you're in a place where you're not allowed to wear the Tefillin. Says the Rebbe, that's not Shari Gam Talmud Teira Dineke. The exact same halacha applies to Teira. Or Kipsak Admar Zakin, as the Alter Rebbe Paskins, call in Yishumidivri Akedesh, Asul Oimra, Bebesa Kise, Bebesa Merchets, any words of Kedesh of Teira, you're not allowed to say in the bathroom, or in a shower, or in a Bebesa Merchets. Even thinking words of Teira are not allowed. So the same interruption. Because of the Isser of not being allowed to put on tefillin when you're in the bathroom is also regarding Teireh. So what is the distinction between the two? So, before the Rebbe answers this question, the Rebbe broadens the idea here and brings up that there's another case of Hesach regarding tefillin. Let's take a closer look and see another halacha benegayat to the Hesach by tefillin. There's a unique halacha regarding tefillin. That while you're wearing the tefillin, you're not allowed to take your mind off the tefillin. The kosovat marazokin oser la siyach daitem a tefillin kavachaymer mitzitz. Person should not take his mind off the tefillin. And we learned this out with a kavachaymer from the tzitz. And the kavachaymer is the tzitz only as the Abish's name mentioned once. The tefillin as the Abish's name mentioned numerous times. So if regarding the tzitz, you're not allowed to take your mind off it. For sure, the same should be true regarding tefillin. Then the Alter Rebbe explains, If a person is b'schoik, laughter or frivolous behavior, that's what's called hesach You took your mind off the tefillin. But if a person is not with b'schoik or kalas reish, that doesn't count as a hesach person stands with a proper awe, he's doing what he needs to, he's occupied with something, he's not literally thinking about the tefillin, that's not called hesachadas of the tefillin. It would be, a, it's a much better mitzvah, that you shouldn't take your mind off the tefillin at all, but as far as the halacha, what we learn out from the tzitz, it's not required. As long as there's no schaik in kalus reish, it's okay. So the Rebbe says, This is not understood. The source of the concept not to take your mind off the tefillin is learned from the tzitz. So the lomelo yikara hesachadas rakisha oimid b'schaik kalus reish. Why would, why would Hesach Adas only mean if the schoik in Kalas Reish? If you're occupied with something else, but if your mind is not on the tefillin, you're occupied with other things, but there's no schoik in Kalas Reish, that's not called Hesach Adas. Why not? So really the Rebbe is asking here two questions. First of all, 
We learn it out from the tzitz. Why should it be any different than the tzitz? By the tzitz, the halacha is literally you shouldn't be masiyah das from the tzitz all the time. Not just not to have schaik and kalis reish. And also, if the concept is not to be masiyah das, so then why does that only require not schaik and kalis reish? Not to be masiyah das means to have your mind on the tefillin. So how are we fulfilling that if the person is occupied with something else? We would be able to answer as follows. According to this opinion that the Alta Rebbe brings here, so as the Rebbe points out in the Ha'ara, there's a machlekes Rishayim about this, the Rambam disagrees with this, but according to this opinion that the Rebbe brings here, that the Alta Rebbe brings here, the whole halacha is not the way it sounds literally, don't take your mind off the tefillin. That's not the pshat. The whole requirement in the first place is means you're taking your mind to something that's away from tefillin, opposite of tefillin. Tefillin requires yira, tefillin requires the Ebesh's the, the name in the tefillin and the, the, to be aware of the tefillin. Hesachadas means not that your mind is off the tefillin, but you put your mind into something opposite of the tefillin. That's what hesachadas here means. So what, what happens then is, if it's something that's opposite of what the tefillin is, the issue is that there's a bizoyin, there's an embarrassment of the tefillin. So there's no positive halacha that you have to have your mind on the tefillin constantly. The main point here, the whole halacha of hesachadas in the first place, the definition of this halacha is, don't put your mind in something which will embarrass the tefillin. So you're putting your mind into something that's opposite of the cover of the tefillin that it deserves. The issue is not taking your mind off the tefillin. So therefore, it's not a question. Why is this only hesachadas? This is the definition of the hesachadas regarding the tefillin. It's not about keeping your mind on the tefillin all the time. It's about doing something which will be embarrassing to the tefillin, which is only schaik and kalas reish. We can't explain the Alter Rebbe's opinion to be this way. So first of all, the Rebbe says, the question over here was, we're learning it out from tzitz. There's a kavachayim from tzitz. And that Kavachayim says that you actually should be putting your mind all the time to the tefillin like the tzitz. Not just an issue of not embarrassing the tefillin. The Kavachayim of tzitz does say that you have to have your mind on the tefillin. So that, we're not, we're not answering. If that's the Kavachayim, so then why is the issue only Schaik and Kalas Reish? But besides that, in the words of the Alter Rebbe, you see that you can't define the issue of Hesach Adas, that it's only about embarrassing the tefillin. Because at a case of the Alter Rebbe writes, Aser la siyach daitay ma tefillin chosman shein olav afile rega echad. A person should not take his mind off the tefillin and the Alter Rebbe adds three words, even one moment. Sheini v'tuvah shulchan aruch. V'tuvah shulchan aruch doesn't say those words. Afile rega echad. Shemizeh mashma. From these words it, it seems. Sheinyin hesach adas kan hu kipshutay. The idea of Hesach means literally that a person should have his mind on the tefillin not to take his mind off the tefillin. The definition of the requirement of not to be Masiyah Das is not only when a person takes his mind to something which is opposite of tefillin, embarrassing to the tefillin. No, the Alter Rebbe says don't be Masiyah Das of the tefillin even for one moment. There's an active thing about having your attention on the tefillin. Positive point, not just a negative of not embarrassing the tefillin. So what's the pshat that at the same time the Alter Rebbe says that the issue of Hesach is only when the Shaykh and Kalas Reish? So we need to examine a little bit deeper and understand this concept of Hesach And that's what the Rebbe will do here. And when we have a deeper understanding of this concept of Hesach we can't just take it in the literal sense, Hesach I took my mind off the tefillin, that's Hesach Obviously, that's not the case. We see that you don't have to have your mind in the tefillin literally every moment. So once we'll have a deeper understanding about the concept of what Hesach means, the Rebbe will come back and apply that to Limudatayre, why going into a Merchatz and a Beisakisei are not a Hesach of the bracha that you made before you went into the Besakise. Let's see. So the explanation here is as follows. We're really discussing of it. Regarding tefillin, 
we're discussing two different halachas of Hesach Hadas. We're discussing the halacha of Hesach Hadas as far as the brach is concerned. That if you took off your tefillin and you had a mind to put it back on, you don't have to make a new bracha. But if you went into a place where you're not allowed to wear tefillin, then you do have to make a new bracha. Because then your mind is off the tefillin. You're disconnected to the tefillin. That's one halacha of Hesach Hadas we're discussing. The other halacha of Hesach Hadas we're discussing is while you wear the tefillin. What exactly is the definition of that requirement while you're wearing the tefillin? So let's see. So the Rebbe divides this that it's really two halachas that are related to two different aspects of the mitzvah. They're not two halachas of Hesach Hadas. Not, it's not only two halachas of Hesach Hadas that apply to two different uh, time periods. One while you're wearing the tefillin and one to see what happens if you take it off. Does your bracha still apply or do you have to make a new bracha? It's really two different aspects of the mitzvah altogether. The mitzvah tefillin, yesh, beis, and yonim. There are two different yonim in the mitzvah of tefillin. Aleph, hanachas tefillin. The act, the physical tefillin, you put on the tefillin, and the tefillin are there on your arm and your head. That's one part of the mitzvah. Beis, kavonah mitzvah. There's also the kavonah, what a person thinks about when he puts on the tefillin, the shabbat, chulu, to subjugate himself, on the shamashi, b'maya chulu, to subjugate his neshama, which is in his brain, liboy, and his heart, which is, the Alter Rebbe brings this in Shulchan Aruch, and also in the Siddur, the Kavana a person is supposed to have when he puts on the tefillin, Shegamze, and the Rebbe adds, Shegamze hu chelek mitzvah. This is a part of the fulfillment of the mitzvah. In other words, the Rebbe is clarifying, this is not just some kind of a Kavana regarding what the Teichen of the mitzvah is about. It's actually a part of the mitzvah. As the Rebbe here brings, what it says in the Bach, this is a, an integral part of the mitzvah. There's the act of the mitzvah, having the tefillin on your arm, on your head, and then there's the kavan of the mitzvah. So now, there's two different talachas of Hesach Hadas, one applying to the Hanachas HaTfilin, and one applying to the Kavanas mitzvah. So the Rebbe begins with the Hanachas HaTfilin, as far as the bracha. The bracha, you're making a bracha on the act, on the act of putting on your tefillin. And here, let's discuss whether that bracha will continue even after you take off the tefillin, what happens here? V'hinei gamen ein even if you're not consciously and actively thinking about your tefillin. This is not a hesachadas. This is not that now you're not connected to the tefillin that's on you. If the tefillin is on you, even if your mind is not on that tefillin that's on you, however, the hanochas tefillin, the fact that you place tefillin on you and you have the tefillin on you, that act of the mitzvah is continuing. It's there. It's still on you. You're connected to the mitzvah whether your mind is on it or not. As far as the physical act and the physical presence of the tefillin on your arm, whether your mind is on it or not, it doesn't change it. That mitzvah continues. He has the fulfillment of the mitzvah every moment that the tefillin is on him, whether his mind is on it or not. So as far as the actual presence of the tefillin on you, that continues regardless if your mind is on it or not. So the same applies also regarding the bracha. The bracha is on the act of putting on the tefillin. The bracha you're making in the beginning of the mitzvah doesn't get interrupted if you're not consciously thinking about the tefillin as long as the tefillin is on you. That mitzvah is continuing. The fulfillment of the mitzvah is continuing uninterrupted. When a person takes off the tefillin, you took off the tefillin. Your bracha was on putting the tefillin on you, on the tefillin being on you. You took it off, so now that bracha you made on the physical tefillin being on you, so there's no, it's not there anymore. So you don't have that connection to the mitzvah. It's not, it's, you're not related to this fulfillment of the mitzvah anymore. If you're going to put it back on, you're going to have to make a bracha again. Your connection to the act of the mitzvah, of it being on you, was interrupted. If, while you're physically removing the tefillin, you're, you're removing it with the intention to put it back on, so then, although the tefillin is not physically on you, however, because while you're taking off, you're taking it off with the intention to put it back on, so that's not an interruption. You're still connected to the mitzvah, you're still connected to the first mitzvah that you did where you made a bracha. So the bracha will go on the tefillin that you'll put back on because you l'chatchila planned on putting it back on. You were never disconnected to the act of the mitzvah. Another detail here. Another point. 
if a person plans on putting back on the tefillin. The person, a person is in the bathroom before he puts it back on again. When he's in the bathroom, he can't put on the tefillin. The fact that he plans and he wants to put it back on will not help. So we, we need there to be a continuation to the bracha that you made on the first act of the mitzvah when you put it on. You have to be in a condition that your mind that you have, the, the, the plan that you have to put it back on is actually possible at every single moment to put it on. So then your connection to the first act of the mitzvah is never interrupted. Because even when you take it off, you plan on putting it on and at every moment potentially you could put it on. It's just a matter of time until you'll put it on. It's not a hefsek at all. But if there's a moment that you can't put on your tefillin, so now here your intention to put it back on is not going to be effective. You have been disconnected of the first act of the mitzvah that you've done. You've put yourself in a place that you can't do the act of this mitzvah. So the bracha that you made on the first act of the mitzvah will not carry over Two, when you put the tefillin back on, in between you're, you were in a place that you were totally removed of this mitzvah. So therefore you have to make a new bracha. So as far as the physical tefillin being on you and the bracha that you make on that, and the hefzik that happens when you take off your tefillin, so here it's very simple and clear that first of all you have to look at the actual fulfillment of the mitzvah, as long as it's on you, so the tefillin is on you, the mitzvah continues, there's no hefzik here, regardless if your mind is on the tefillin or not. Over here, it's the physical tefillin that's there, the mitzvah is continuing. Even when you take it off, the point over here is, we have to examine, are you really disconnected of the first act of the mitzvah that you did? And that, so that explains the halach of Hesach Hadas regarding tefillin. The Rebbe will later contrast this to Limudat why this doesn't apply as well to Limudat which is one of the, the questions that the Rebbe asked over here, why don't we say the same concept by Limudat If you stop learning and you're in a place where you're not allowed to learn, so we should apply the exact same logic that the Rebbe just said over here. The Rebbe will explain soon the, why Limudat is different. But before that, the Rebbe now goes to the other aspect of the Halacha of Hesach regarding Tefillin, which will also be relevant to understanding how it works regarding Limudat What was the other aspect of Hesach regarding Tefillin? The Rebbe's question was, why is it that although you're not allowed to take your mind off the tefillin, yet what's considered to be taking your mind off of tefillin? Only if you're acting with tzchayk and kalas reish. Why is it only tzchayk and kalas reish? If we're learning from the tzitz that you shouldn't be taking your mind off the tefillin. So the Rebbe explains that here comes in the other aspect of the mitzvah. An integral part of the mitzvah is also the kavana, the shiba daleva mayach, you subjugating your mind and heart to the Ebishta. Move on, shigamzet sarachliya is kaleis kiyama mitzvah. This also has to be there the entire mitzvah. The fact that a person has the mitzvah, the fulfillment of the mitzvah, during the entire time that the presence of the tefillin is on his arm, so also the kavana, the shiba daleva mayach, which is an integral part of the fulfillment of the mitzvah, also has to be there the entire time that the mitzvah is on the person. And this Shibud HaMayach Va'alev, as the Rebbe will explain soon, we see from what the Rebbe says soon, where does this Shibud HaMayach Va'alev come from? From the Tefillin. The Tefillin that has the Parashiyas inside, and what it says inside the Parashiyas, and the Abishter's names in the Parashiyas, and that reminds a person of the Abishter, and that brings about the Shibud HaMayach Va'alev. So when we talk about not being Masiyah Das from the Tefillin, which we learn from the Tzitz, which has the Abishter's name in it, so that name of the Eibishter in the Tefillin causes a person to remember the Eibishter, which is what the Shiba Daleva Mayach is all about. So it's this aspect of the mitzvah that is the whole point here when we talk about the fact that you're not allowed to be Masiyah Das because of the name of the Eibishter. The name of the Eibishter is the cause of this Shiba Mayach Vahalev that should be there constantly as a result of the Eibishter's name being on your arm and on your head. However, says the Rebbe, so although it has to be there the entire duration of the mitzvah, when he puts on the tefillin, the person put on the tefillin with that intention, 
that he's putting it on, and he's, he's aware of the Ebishter's name that's in the Tzulim, and he's subjugating his, his heart and mind to the Ebishter. At that point, he stood with the proper awe and reverence of Hashem. The condition the person's in, that follows afterwards. Stam, stam meaning the person is not doing anything opposite of that original approach and attitude he had. Stam, later on, he's wearing the tefillin and he may be occupied with whatever he's doing, but he's, he's, he's not particularly paying attention to the tefillin. It's just stam. So the person is Isaac, he's occupied. He's not literally thinking about this tefillin that has the Ebishter's name and I'm subjugating my mind and heart to the Ebishter. The kavana that the person had before will continue even later while he's wearing the tefillin. And the fact that the person is stam, he's in a situation of stam where he's doing what he's doing, is not going to be taking his mind away from the tefillin. That kavana that you began with, that attitude that you began with, will continue with you, is there with you, even if you're not actively and consciously thinking of it. That kavana defines your whole entire experience while you're wearing the tefillin, whether you're consciously thinking about it or not. Where do you find this? Valderech l'shma. An example for this is you found also regarding the halacha of l'shma. When it comes to the halacha of writing a sefer or writing a get, and the, the halacha is that it has to be written l'shma with a certain concentration and, a, and the, for a certain purpose. She, so that, here's this is a quote from the Alter Rebbe in Tanya. It's the halacha as well. The kavana of l'shma is in the beginning, when you start. In the beginning when you learn. The Alter Rebbe is talking also about learning teireh, to learn teireh l'shma. And Alter Rebbe says, beget that you write a get, you write a sefetera, there's a kavana of l'shma that you have to write the sefetera or the get for. As long as in the beginning when you began writing, you write, I'm, I'm, you, you say that is, that I'm going to write for the kedush of the sefetera, or by a get, it has to be written for the intention for this woman and this man. So then, you have the Lishma in the beginning, the act that follows that original intention is going to define your action. It's, it's, the whole action is a hemshech of that, that kavana you had in the beginning. It's the same thing also with the tefillin. When you put on the tefillin in the beginning with the kavana of the awareness of the Ebesh's name in the tefillin, which brings about the Shiba Daleva Mayach, so then that defines your whole continuation of your wearing of your tefillin, that it's all as a continuation of this attitude of this approach that I'm doing it for the Abish's sake and I'm aware of this what the tefillin is about. So this, so now the Rebbe adds here, the kol shekein the kavachayim tefillin, if the Rebbe says this regarding the kavana of l'shma, it's even more so, we can understand this concept even more so regarding tefillin. Shehesa chadas hu bekesherem shibud bechlal v'stomi da'amayach v'aleif. Here, wearing the tefillin and wearing the Abish's name of the tefillin, what does that bring about? It brings about a person a general bittel, a general subjugation to the Abishter. Stomi, the, the whole mind and heart of a person is dedicated to this. We're not talking about the fact that a person has a requirement to concentrate and focus and do something for a specific purpose, like when you write a Sefer Teira and a Get. But we're talking about a general attitude of a person that the awareness of the Abish's name that's on his heart, near his heart and on his head, brings a person into a mindset. A mindset, a general mindset that I'm, I'm under this, this, this impression of, of the Abish's name on me and therefore I subjugate my mind and heart. So how much more so you understand that that general mindset in the, in the beginning, even if you're not consciously thinking of it, the entire duration of wearing it, Philem, but that's a mindset that continues into your entire action. It defines the whole entire experience that follows after that mindset in the beginning. So therefore, we understand that the main thing is in the beginning, the mindset the person has in the beginning. Regarding the tzitz, so over here also, you have the Abish's name, and you have to constantly be aware of the Abish's name, but Sitz actually has a reason why there's a stringency here more than the writing of the Sefer Teire, and the Get, and the Tefillin, which we said is even more. Tefillin is, um, is there's a mindset in the beginning, so actually by the Tefillin, 
it's, it's easier to understand why it continues. By the Tzulun and the Sefer Teira, by, by writing the Sefer Teira, writing a Get, it's a big Chiddush that your Kavanah of the Shema follows and continues into the action later. But the Chomor of all of them, the Rebbe says, is the Tzitz. The Tzitz, over here, what's the Allah actually by the Tzitz? You're not, you're not supposed to take your mind off the Tzitz constantly, literally, the entire time. Why is that? Why don't we say by the Tzitz that the Kavanah, the mindset you have in the beginning when you put on the Tzitz, should continue and follow later. We compare the two. Tzitz and Tfilin is the same concept. It's the Abish's name that you have to be aware of and that and therefore you can't take your mind off of it. So why don't we say that the same thing that you might in the beginning works? You have to look at what you're accomplishing through the Tzitz. Remembering the Abish's name and wearing the Tzitz and remembering the Abish's name is to accomplish what? The blood or the fats of the carbon that were not brought properly. And the tzitz is coming to be mechaper on that. That's a carbon mesuyim, bizman mesuyim, a, a specific carbon in a specific time that the tzitz that's being worn then has to be mechaper on that. So the tzitz, you can't rely on the mindset that you had in the beginning. When it comes to the tefillin, the idea of the tefillin is that you're aware of the Ebesh's name and it brings a person to a general mindset of that general mindset is what we want to bring in the person. That's the integral part of the fulfillment of the mitzvah to the person should have the shibud And that's what it is. And that mindset naturally continues. We, everything that happens afterwards is under that influence of that mindset. By the tzitz though, the remembrance of the Abish's name, the wearing of the tzitz, and the awareness of the Abish's name has to have a specific effect later while you're actually wearing the tzitz and there's a carbon being brought and there was something not done properly with this carbon, right then, the tzitz has to have a power to have the effect to be mechaper. In order for it to have the power then to be mechaper, you can't rely on a mindset from before. Even if the mindset continues, but that's not enough. You have to actually have your awareness of the tzitz and of the Abish's name right then in order to be mechaper for this carbon. So therefore by the tzitz, it will be different. It will require more of a mindset of the person. And not only the mindset in the beginning, but more of an awareness in order for the kapara to take effect. Avo. So this is all the explanation of why a person doesn't actually have to have the constant conscious awareness while he wears the tefillin. So on one end we're comparing it to the tzitz, yet at the same time what the effect of the tzitz is supposed to be explains why the tzitz actually requires that awareness every moment, not like the, by the tefillin. The shibad amayach alev of the tefillin in the beginning continues. When a person is 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 this frivolous behavior, so over here, this will be Hesachadas of the Tfilin. So now your original mindset can't continue into your uh, into your wearing the Tfilin later. Why not? Because this is negating, this is the opposite of your original mindset. So therefore it it's, it breaks that original mindset. Shahayla based on a chasm that he had when he put on the tefillin. Va'az So this interrupts, this breaks your connection to this aspect of the mitzvah, the Shibud Aleva Mayach, and therefore this is this constitutes a Hesachadas. So the fact that only Kalis Reish and Schoik is in Hesachadas is not because that's the definition, that's the requirement of not being Masih Das. No, no, no. The requirement of not being Masih Das is to actually have the mindset of Shibud Aleva Mayak that comes from the Abish's name being on you. Elamai, that requirement doesn't, it, 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 it won't be required to actually think that every moment consciously because the mindset in the beginning will automatically continue. But the moment you have an opposite Kavana of Schoik and Kalis Reish, it'll break that mindset. And therefore now you don't have that original mindset to continue. That's the pshat when you get to the Hesachadas while a person's wearing his tefillin. So we have here the clarity of the pshat of Hesachadas, both when you get to the broche, what's considered to be a Hesachadas when a person takes off his tefillin. And also the Hesachadas when you get to wearing a tefillin. So we see over here that the concept of Hesachadas 
isn't to be taken literally that your mind has to be on the tefillin constantly. When you talk about the action of the mitzvah, of the mitzvah being on you, so then the main thing you have to look at is, is the tefillin on you so you're connected to it? Is it off you? Are you still connected to it? It's the same thing also. The concept of Hesach Adas means, am I still connected to this mitzvah? That's the general point we get over here. And in each place, we're applying it accordingly. By the actual tefillin being on you, we apply it regarding the actual tefillin when you take it off, when you go to a place where you're not allowed to put on tefillin. When it comes to the shibud aleva mayach, so over here, the way we define whether you're still connected to this shibud aleva mayach is different. Over here, we go according to the mindset of the person that he began with. And that mindset would automatically continue unless you have a befetish or opposite kavana that undoes it. So these are the points over here that are relevant now that the Rebbe applies when it comes to Limudat Teireh. Similar, but again, to Limudat Teireh, the way we define Hesach Adas of Limudat Teireh is not going to just literally be if a person stops learning or if a person plans not to learn. There's something deeper over here that we can understand from the way we just defined Hesach Adas regarding Limudat Teireh as well. Let's see. So, to understand a, a certain special connection that a person has to his learning. Even when he doesn't learn, the Rebbe brings up one more halacha here that the Alter Rebbe says regarding lear, learning Teireh. If a person made an interruption between the bracha and the beginning of his learning. There's an opinion that you don't have to learn Teireh immediately after you make the bracha. Unlike other mitzvahs, usually you make a birchas mitzvah, you have to fulfill your mitzvah immediately afterwards. Even if he made an interruption between the bracha and his learning, this halacha is as if, the halacha here would be as if you made a hefzik in the middle of your learning. If you make a hefzik in the middle of your learning, so we already said before that you don't have to make a new bracha. So this opinion says the same is also if you made a hefzik between your bracha and the beginning of your learning. We don't compare this to Birchas HaMitzvah where if you make a break in between you have to make a new bracha. Aval Talmud Teireh. Talmud Teireh is different. Why? You have a constant obligation to learn Teireh. So therefore, if you make a bracha between the, you make a hefzik that is between the bracha and the learning, it's not considered to be a break. Even in that time of this interruption, you, you're obligated to learn. You're still connected to your learning. There's an opinion that argues on this. And Al-Tarebbe says you should be chayshish and therefore you should not make a break between the bracha and your learning. So before the Rebbe gets to the point that he wants to make, the Rebbe will clarify what's this v'yesh chalkin. Does this yesh chalkin argue with the whole premise of the first opinion? Does the Yesh can say that that chiyuv that you have to learn Teireh is not considered to be a connection to your learning? And therefore they say you must make the bracha right away. They argue with the whole premise of the first opinion. So the Rebbe says no. The Yeshloima leila fushu In order not to intensify the argument here, so we can say that Deya Beis, the second opinion, lepligal etzemasvare, is that doesn't argue on the on the premise of what the first opinion said. The mitzach tamet Teireh chayv lasik batamit. Since Teireh is something that a person is obligated to learn constantly, you're connected to the Teireh even while you're not learning it. The very Chiyov, the constant Chiyov, this is the only mitzvah, that there's a constant Chiyov, that itself, and, that's, and I shouldn't really say the only mitzvah, there are certain mitzvahs tmidiyas, but this mitzvah, unlike most of the mitzvahs, that at least uh, all the mitzvahs that you make a bracha on, that it's a mitzvah that you do in a specific time, and it's not a constant mitzvah, this is a constant obligation to learn Teireh. So this concept, even the second opinion, agrees that because of this you have a special connection to it, even between the bracha and the learning, and you didn't begin learning yet, you're connected to your Teireh. Or Pligarak, the only reason this opinion argues that you can't make a break between the bracha and the learning Maybe for the beginning of the learning, in order for the bracha to have where to be chal, where to take effect, you have to actually do the act of the mitzvah right away. But as far as the person's connection to the mitzvah, 
Even the second opinion agrees that because the constant obligation, the person is always connected to the mitzvah of limited teda. Ula and therefore says the Rebbe, Lekula alma ein tzorich das bepoil b'meshech hayoyim shaleyikare hefsik v'esach hadas. So now we come back to the concept of hesach hadas. What did we see from what we learned before in the Sikha? Hesach hadas doesn't mean that I'm consciously thinking about something or hesach hadas doesn't only mean when I'm actually planning on doing something, but it's more subtle. The concept of hesach hadas we saw before is as long as I still have a connection to something, so it's not Esach Hadas. That's not called Esach Hadas. As we saw before, Benigayat to the Halacha of Tfilin, if a person could put, a, put it back on, so that's not called Esach Hadas. Over here, when we apply this concept to Teira, it's going to come out different. By Teira, because a person always has a connection to Teira, so therefore, even if a person is not consciously and actively thinking about the Teira, even when he's not learning, However, there's no hesachadasa ki etzem achi of lasik talmud betalmateira. The very fact that this is a unique mitzvah, that a person has a constant obligation to learn teira, mekasher adam la mitzvah. This is what connects a person to the mitzvah all the time, all the time. Olochein. So this explains the difference now between tefillin and talmateira. So by tefillin we said. That if a person takes off his tefillin and he goes in a place where he's not allowed to put on the tefillin, so it's a hefsik. Your connection to the mitzvah is interrupted. But the teira is different. Even if you enter into a place where you're not allowed to learn teira, you're not allowed to learn teira. Really, the obligation is still there, which means your connection to the teira is still there. There's like a lion that's blocking your access, your ability to actually learn. But it's not that it's a place where there's an iser, and therefore you're not connected anymore. By tefillin, there the is no obligation to wear tefillin every moment. So you walk into a place where you're not allowed to put on tefillin, your connection to tefillin is right now completely interrupted. But if I have the obligation on me constantly, even the moment that I'm in a place that I'm not allowed to learn tefillin, I still have that obligation right this moment, but I just, I'm not allowed to learn. So that's like just a blockage, an external blockage. It's not allowing me to actually fulfill my obligation. So I'm still connected to the Torah. The das that the person has in mind that is going to continue to learn later, that's enough that the das that he has in the beginning, he made the brach in the beginning, and he had the das for the, to learn teda. He began learning teda. That das will continue as well. Which is also connected to the point, which is based on the point that the Rebbe said before, regarding the hesach das by the tefillin, the mindset that you had in the beginning, even if you're not consciously thinking about the tefillin later, but that mindset continues. Similar over here, but a bit different over here as well, the beginning, a person made a bracha on the teireh. So because the person has a constant obligation to learn teireh, so that original bracha will continue with you even afterwards, even though you went through a time period where, you're not, where you were not allowed to learn teireh. However, you're still presently connected to the teireh. So your bracha from the beginning could continue to the teireh that you're going to learn later as well. However, there's, a, there's, there's one exception here. If a person goes to sleep and it's a permanent sleep, or someone that's not accustomed to learning. So he doesn't have, when he stops, he, he occasionally learns and he learns and he completely goes away from his learning, totally takes his mind off of it and he gets occupied in something opposite and away from the learning. Here the person completely broke away. From his learning, here the person is going to have to make a bracha again, according to the first opinion that Al Rebbe said in Shulchan Aruch, that it's not like Birchus Hashachar. So, as the Rebbe explains in the Ha'ara, this is connected to the point that we said regarding tefillin. Although we said by tefillin that your mindset in the beginning when you put on the Shibud Aleva Mayach continues on into the whole time that you're wearing your tefillin, but if the schaik the kalis roish, so that mindset gets broken. That mindset has now something that's opposite, that's going against your original mindset, so it can't continue. Your connection to your, of Yeshiva Damayach Valet can't continue. Similar over here, we're also saying that the original bracha the person made, that his connection to the teira continues, even if his mind is not consciously on the teira right now. 
and he's involved in something else, or he's even in a place where he can't learn the tefillin, but that continue that that connection to the Torah continues because you still have the obligation. Except if a person is doing something which is going against that obligation he has, or is like breaking off from that obligation he has, a permanent sleep, or a person that's not accustomed to learning and he's consciously taking himself away from learning. He doesn't have his mindset to continue back to learning. He just removes himself completely from his learning, although he has that obligation, but he completely removed himself from the learning. So you, you went and did something which is against and away from that learning. So you broke yourself off actively. So then you're going to have to make a new bracha. So this is similar to the way it was, the way the husband had ever said by the tefillin. So now, now that we have the understanding of the mitzvah of limit the bracha that you make in the beginning of the day, and how that bracha helps with the duration of the day. It's, it's nimshach and there's no hefzik over here. So let's apply that back to the women. And why the Alter Rebbe brings the reason that women are chayev to make a bracha. Because they have to learn their halachas. The Alter Rebbe brings the reason. That the women make the bracha of birchas atayrah. They're obligated to learn. Taita to know their mitzvahs, and to be careful of leisessen. Why is Al Tareb bringing this reason, and why is it not enough? The reason that it says in the Gemara that the very act of learning Taita, whether it's a mitzvah or an obligation or not, necessitates a bracha. The reason is If not for this explanation, that they have a constant obligation of learning. Even if that would be a good enough of an explanation. That women have to make a birchas as an introduction for their learning. As we said before, you learn it out from Shem Hashem Ekra. Or as the Alter Rebbe says, that the very act of learning Teireh, you have to make a bracha for the simcha that the Eivishter gave you this Teireh. The halacha should have been that for every time they learn Teireh, they should have to make a bracha then. The act of limit that Teireh every time necessitates a bracha. That would be the halacha by a woman if that's the only reason that they're chayib to make a bracha. This is a huge chiddush. It doesn't say such a thing anywhere that the women have to make a bracha for the very act of learning every single time they learn. So therefore the Alter Rebbe explains that they're obligated to learn. Besides the very act of learning, they're also obligated to learn. They have a mitzvah to learn in order to know how to do their mitzvahs. The Kavanasah. And Alter Rebbe is saying with this is, just like men wake, make one bracha a day, as we explained, one bracha in the beginning of the day will carry you throughout the day because you're always connected to that teira as long as you don't actively break yourself away from the teira. But that, that kavan in the beginning, that bracha in the beginning continues throughout Al Derech so here the Alter Rebbe is saying that we can apply the same reasoning by women. And from these mitzvahs there are things that they're obligated every single day, all day they have these chiyuvim. So there's never a moment in the day that they don't have an obligation to learn Teireh to know their mitzvahs. It comes out that women also have the obligation to learn Torah all day. So therefore women also make one bracha in the morning, one bracha in the beginning of the day, and that bracha carries them through the entire day with any hapsik they make in between. They're always connected to the Torah because they always have that chiyuv to learn Torah to know their mitzvahs. So the Alter Rebbe is bringing this reason for the mitzvah to explain that the, that the, the, the mitzvah of limit that that is, that they're obligated to, uh, to learn teireh, to explain how one bracha will work for the women for the entire day like it is by the men. So now the Rebbe finally comes back to the second opinion that was mentioned before, Bekitzer. The second opinion was that the bracha that we make once a day in the morning, the chazal will misakin this to be like the birchas ha-shachar. Just like birchas ha-shachar, we don't, you don't make that bracha every single time, you don't make that bracha every time you get up, 
once in the morning, and that bracha goes for the rest of the day. So Chazal established Talmud as well, once in the morning, and that goes for the rest of the day. So the Rebbe now discusses this from that uh, vantage point, this opinion. Ach now seemingly, this whole Hezbe that we said here in the Sikha doesn't fit with this opinion. According to the second opinion, Shekein Nog, and al Rebbe says we follow this opinion that regardless of what you do during the day, even if you go to sleep permanently, a long sleep, you don't make a new brachet. That's the original design of this bracha. This is a bracha like Birchas Hashachar that's made only once a day in the morning. So if so, there's a completely different reason why it's made once a day. Nothing to do with the point that we said before, because the person's never interrupting, he's always connected, he always has a chiv to learn. None of that. Simple. It's just, that's the way the Takana was designed, that it's like the Berchus HaShachar in the morning. If so, our question comes back. So it's not necessary for the Alter Rebbe to bring this reason of the chiv of the women to learn Tere, to explain the explanation of why the women make a bracha once a day doesn't need any explanation. It's simple. It's part of birchas hashachar. So the whole Hezbo and the Sicha only fits with the first opinion that the Alter Rebbe says that the, the, you make the bracha once in the morning and then later in the day we have to start examining is it a hefsik, it is, not, is it not a hefsik? And the only reason it's not a hefsik is because you're constantly chayet According to the other opinion, none of that is relevant. It's just part of Berchus HaShachar. Avol says the Rebbe, it's not true. The Hezbollah of the Sikha is true even according to the second opinion. Why is this? So the Rebbe explains. Let's take a look at Berchus HaShachar itself. Why Taka is it that Berchus HaShachar is a bracha that you make once a day in the morning? So the Alter Rebbe says, Berchus HaShachar, Tiknu Chachomim, Al Seidera Oilam, Vanagosoy, these are brachas that we thank the Ebesher for the things that happen in the world. What people derive benefit from the world every single day. These are things that a person is nana every day and more than once a day. So, Chazal were masakin that you don't make a bracha for this anah every single time you have this anah during the day. Once in the morning, you make the bracha for this hanah, and that bracha goes on the entire day. That's the concept of why they established this for Birchis HaShachar. On the Vur so what do we see here? The Birchis HaShachar niskenu amashabriyes nenen b'chol yoimu betmidis. That's the whole concept of Birchis HaShachar is, because every day, on a constant basis, there's always these hanahs that come up during the day. So, so, so they said, she take it. B'pam arishayna that immediately, the first time, in the morning, don't wait until you have this anah, the second, third, or fourth time, sometime during the day. Make that brach in the beginning, the first time you have that anah. That a person stands up. This is something that's constant during the day. You make the bracha once, in the beginning of the day. However, from this we know that if there are certain benefits and certain things that a person has in this world that are not constant, they're not daily. Even if this is something that will occasionally come up during the day, once or twice, and that applies it back to what we're speaking about over here. The same would be true also, applying this back to women learning Torah. If we're not going to say this point, that women are obligated to learn Torah all the time because they have a chiv to know their mitzvahs, and this is constantly applicable all the time. Right? So they're learning, if you're going to say that they're learning Torah during the day is not a constant thing, occasionally... If it comes up, so certain times, if they decide, they could learn. They want to learn. So they wish they gave them the Teda too, and they could take the Teda and learn it occasionally. If that's how we're going to look at their limit, so this whole premise of this opinion, that we're including Birchas HaTeda and Birchas HaShacha, wouldn't, wouldn't work by the women either. So even according to this opinion, that the concept of Birchas HaTeda once a day in the mornings, because it's part of Birchas HaShacha, what's the basis of that? The basis of that is that Birchas is a constant thing that's daily and comes up all the time during the day. 
that's only true by the men that have a constant chiv to learn Taita. But not by the women, if we're just going to say that a woman on her own could choose and go to pick up a sefer to learn Taita. So therefore the point that we said here in the Sikha, that the Alter Rebbe is bringing this Indian, that women do have the obligation all the time to learn Taita. That's very relevant, even according to the second opinion, explaining why, even for women, is part of So even women have a constant obligation to learn Taita like the men. And that itself is taka the explanation of this second opinion, why limited Taita is part of Birchas HaShachar. Birchas HaShachar is designed for the daily and constant benefits that a person has. So therefore, the only reason that by women this is also true regarding Birchas HaTaita is because women also have the obligation to learn Taita all the time. So we see from this Sikha to what extent the obligation of women is to learn Taita. The previous Sikha that we learned in Parshas is Hanan, that have also made the point very strongly that although they're only learning a Taita for another purpose, to do a mitzvah, to know how to do their mitzvahs, but nevertheless they have the actual value and all the milas that come along with learning Taita itself. Here the Rebbe is going a step further and the Rebbe is saying that this constant connection that a Yid has to Taita, the constant chiyuv that a person has to learn Taita non-stop, Applies to women as well, to some extent at least, enough to the extent that they make the bracha once a day and then never masir das from the Torah continues throughout the entire day because of their mitzvahs that they have to fulfill. So this is the ashlama of this inyan of the birchas ha and especially as it applies to women.